The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. On the show today, we will talk some more Texas football. What a surprise. Talking Texas football as they take on K-State this Saturday. Moving on to K-State. It's a Wednesday. That's when we normally move on to our next week's opponent. We'll get into that. I'll play some sound from Tim Fitzgerald from Go Power Cat talking Kansas State football on Hook Em Up this morning. We'll play some of that audio as well. Uh, we are going to get into the Los Angeles Raiders. I know my man, Chief Engineer, is happy about this. Fired Mike McDaniel or da- uh, da- uh, they fired D- McDaniels. They fired Dave Ziegler. They fired Mike Lombardi. Raiders moving on to a new path. We'll get into that. We will get into uh, uh, some of the Patriots ex-coaches like Josh McDaniels and uh, their coaching record and why it's the worst idea ever to do this and you know, we'll just break that down for you a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about the James Harden trade because we didn't get into that much yesterday. Uh, and we will get you ready for the Rangers and Diamondbacks Game 5. It could be a gentleman's sweep tonight with the Rangers taking on the Diamondbacks. Up 3-0. Looked really good last night. We will see if the Diamondbacks can hold court. The, the Rangers have not lost a road game yet. So that is going to be big. Uh, you know, and... uh I hope everyone had a good Halloween. Text line is open, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. I hope everyone had a good Halloween. Uh, if you had kids, I hope they got a good haul and you get to tax or steal or acquire or uh, you know protect their innocence by stealing their candy, whatever you want to call it. I hope you, I hope you get your haul in. Or if you're, if you're single, I hope you enjoyed uh, the day after Halloween candy sales. Uh, that are out there. I may go look after the show. I have not gone yet, but I may go look after the show. I had a, I had a good friend, Mr. MC Overlord, that uh, he loved November first for these days for uh, getting the candy, the half price candy, uh, the day after Halloween. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, I did see. Uh, I went out and walked my dog so I could see some of the trick or treaters without them coming to my house because I get home a little bit later. So I went around. I was walking through the neighborhood with my dog. Uh, just personal opinion. Halloween, not the right time to teach manners. Saw that happening at some houses. It is uh, always awkward. Seems like a weird time to do it. You don't know who the kids are or what they're going through, but the shaking of hands people were doing and and what are you? And just really like, you got to say trick or treat and all that. I don't know if there's, as someone who is still a kid at heart in a lot of things, that, that always annoyed me. When you had someone that was like, hey, I know I'm going to give you some free stuff, but it's going to come at the price of your sanity. You're like, I just go next door, put a sign up that says this is the house where you have to earn it. And I'd be like, cool, I'm not going to go there. No one would go. No one wants to. We've already dressed up. That's how we're earning it on Halloween. We kids. I now reverted back to my kid self. 
But I, as a kid, you just want to dress up and then you say trick or treat. And sometimes kids don't say trick or treat now because uh, they're either have really high anxiety or they're they're scared, you know, whatever reason they're scared of saying it or they're too young and they forget. Or maybe they have, uh, you know, a, an, an issue where there may be a problem for them to say it. Whatever it is, it's not necessarily the time to come out and, and then, you know, people are drinking and then they are trying to teach manners, which is a weird time that you are drunk being a nuisance to other people's children, but you're like, well, I'm giving you candy, so it's my time to preach my values on you. Uh, it's a weird thing. So I would say if you're that person, maybe next year you should pull back, and you don't have to give out candy. If you don't want it, if you say these kids are rude, you don't have to give out candy. But if you do, maybe not the best time to give out manners. Uh, I saw one thing in particular where I saw a guy who appeared to be drunk. He may not have been. He may have just been awkward and doing his own thing. Uh, but it ended up with a line of kids because he yelled at them across the street, I have candy. And then when they came over, he wanted to have a conversation with each one of them. And it was, I, I almost wanted to break it up because it was that uncomfortable for me walking past him with headphones in uh, and a dog. It was that uncomfortable. But I hope everybody had a good Halloween and that was not an issue for anybody. And you got all your candy and you're doing good today. And uh, nobody nobody got uh, sick from... Uh, from walking around in the cold, and no one got too drunk last night celebrating and partying it up. I had a great time watching the Spurs, and I know a lot of my friends, my Spurs fan friends, uh, turned the game off or went to bed when when the Spurs were down twenty to the Suns last night, and then a epic comeback for the Spurs to come back and get their first road win uh, this season with Wimbenyama being down twenty to fight back into the game. You know, whether a couple more storms in the fourth quarter make some big plays, Keldon Johnson gets a steal at the end, and yes, seeing the the aftermath, you could tell he hit him in the face. They don't normally call that. It annoys the crap out of me they don't call that, uh, but they don't, uh, and it didn't look too bad when you see it in real time, so I can see why it wasn't called, uh, but the Spurs uh, end up winning the game with you know scoring with a minute or a second left and winning the game coming back to first lead with like 1.2 seconds left it was a great game women yama in the fourth quarter has been electric even though he's had some slow starts and you got to see one of the things that is one of the most encouraging things i've seen for uh for women yama progress going forward is the fact that after the game they were he was on inside the nba they were all expecting to talk to kd but then did the the Spurs win, so now they're talking to women Yama. And one of the promising things is he almost tears up talking about playing against Kevin Durant and how excited he was and how much it meant, but then having to put on his game face and do it. You can see him overwhelmed with the emotion of doing this. And the reason this gives me confidence for the future of how he progresses, because when you watch him play, sometimes he's a little nervous. Sometimes you know he doesn't necessarily react instinctually, maybe he's thinking about too much. He doesn't have that game face on. But once he plays everybody, and once he's a member of the league, and once he gets past this initial run-through of playing everybody, so his first season basically through, and he comes back in the offseason, he's working, and he is just an NBA player, he's not going to have that anymore bothering him, and he may be able to come out and take a huge step his sophomore season when it's kind of the emotions, or maybe even later this season, when the emotions of playing against some of these guys that he's watched overseas, it's not like he's watching and he's talking to all these guys because, you know, he's playing in a college down the road and, you know, they have a relationship through agents or he's not in an AAU team that one of the players, you know, a former players in and they all know each other. 
He was in France. So now he's seeing all these guys he's idolized. Uh, you can tell there's a learning curve in there too, but it was a very promising uh, win. And in all reality, the reality was uh, Devin Booker was out. Uh, Bradley Beal was out. It was just Kevin Durant in there. And the Suns didn't have the bench depth that they needed to have. They started missing a lot of threes because they were getting tired at the end of the game. And the Spurs were able to capitalize on it. It's not like the Spurs are you know, going to beat the rest of the league now because they beat the Suns. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there was a lot of positives to get out of. Text line's open, though. 512-447-3776. I do want to get into some Texas football talk. You know, I just had to get my my Spurs talk out of the way. Let's push that out of the way. Uh, If you guys guys got any texts on the Spurs, you can always send that in on the text line. Uh, But I do want to bring up uh, some talk about K-State. Starting to get us ready for who we are playing on Saturday. Sark spoke to me on Monday about K-State. And uh, here is uh, basically his opening statements about the K-State game coming up on Saturday. It goes, uh, obviously this is a really hot team right now. Uh, they've been playing as good as anybody in the country uh, in all, all three phases for the last two to three weeks. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's really important that we focus on us and what we need to do. Um, that, that the details and the level of physicality in which we play the game are at the forefront of what we do. Um, I do believe our best football is still ahead of us, and that part is exciting to me. Um, and we're going to need to play complimentary football Saturday against a very good, well-coached football team in Kansas State. So it's an exciting weekend. Um, obviously, we've got you know the big new kickoff here with Fox. Um, you know they're coming to do their show. I think it's a great opportunity for our students, for our fans, uh, to really show up here at DKR and have an impact on the ball game. Um, we've all we've all got work to do. Uh, I think everybody, myself included, could have been better last week, and and we all need to perform better this Saturday at 11 a.m. Yeah, and they do need to perform better. They need to step their game up because you are playing a K State team that, if nothing else, is going to come in and try and push you around. They're a K-State team that is going to come in driven to be a more physical team than you are. Now, you've been all offseason trained to be very physical, but as the season goes on and those injuries start to build up, and as you know, you get a bye week and maybe you slow down just that little bit, and maybe the physicality starts to turn a little bit more into finesse, and maybe you don't, necess- you don't have that same drive that you did. You played a BYU team that tried to be physical, but you could out-physical them because you had better athletes. And you could outrun them for sure. This is a K-State team that may not have the athletes that you do again, but they are much, much more physical than BYU is. They're much more disciplined than BYU is. And so it's a different kind of challenge than it was against a Houston, where Houston was a lot faster than you, but you could kind of push them around a little bit. They couldn't get the run game going, but they could, you, they could throw over you because they had the speed on you. K-State doesn't necessarily have all the speed on you, They may have it in a few positions, but not overall. What they are going to do is play hard and play tough. And defensively, against a Malik Murphy, when they play the three high and they play that three high, three down defense, and when they start coming after Malik Murphy and really after, you know, and we've seen that Clement says that he would like to have another week uh, or another week or two of game film on Malik Murphy. You'd love to have a little bit more to know more of what Malik Murphy has in his bag. But without that, even with one game in spring game or whatever else, and knowing what Texas tendencies are, knowing what Sark's tendencies are, this K-State team is going to make an effort to really beat up Texas' O-line, to go at them hard and to try and go around them. 
and try and go through them and try and go over the top of them and try and do whatever they can to disrupt Malik Murphy, and then they're going to be pushing around these wide receivers. It would not surprise me to see people trying to bump on the line of scrimmage some to allow uh, the safeties on the back end to kind of come up and make the play, but to throw them off timing to make it a little bit harder for Malik Murphy to not guess that timing. You're going to try and do anything you can to slow down Malik Murphy because you know Jonathan Brooks is going to have a good enough game with the run threats that they have now Jonathan Brooks, who's one of the top five running backs in the league. And then you have a C.J. Baxter, who's one of the most recruited after uh, players, recruited after running backs in the league. You have him as well. You have a a Jordan uh, Jaden Blue, who looked really good. Keelan Robinson out of there looked good in that last game. You have a lot of threats as the running back. They know they're not going to be able to turn them into a one-dimensional uh passing team and stop the run because they do that there's too many weapons on the passing game and Malik Murphy is going to be able to beat you so I think Kansas State is going to try to really stop Malik Murphy in the Murphy in the passing game and make Sark make creative calls for the running game I don't know if he can do it Sark talked about the K-State defense give it a little props and and tell what he's worried about or what he's seen in the K-State defense uh you know I think they they play well together um I think they play as a team um, I think they've got a good scheme. They're very aggressive. They, they, you know, the, it's hard to stay on double teams. They get you off of double teams at the line of scrimmage. The linebackers are downhill players. They're good tacklers, good tacklers in the secondary. Um, and then they force third longs. And when, when you're the majority of your third downs are third and nine plus, uh, then they're able to, to play coverage and rush the passer and get off the field. So um, I, I think it's really critical uh, in this game that uh, you know, we, we've got to win on first down. Um, but but we got to get back to playing our brand of football, and that's a physical brand of football uh, and being detail-oriented and execute. And so you want to be – and that's start still going back to the standard. we got to go back because he doesn't want to give up too much either. But going back to being detail-oriented, yes, they're going to try and push you around. You don't want to get penalties uh, because you're getting – because the offensive line, you don't want to get a false start because they're scaring you because they're showing that they're going to blitz a lot of guys, and you may jump if you're a right if you're a right guard, right tackle. You may have a jump because you're a little bit worried about it. I get that, but you do also need to uh, try and run some Sark inspired creative plays to I think get the ball out quick, and I think using the ball quick and using quick game would be a very big deal for for what Texas can do in this game. If they're able to get the ball out quick from Malik Murphy and get him into some some routes where you can find whoever it is. Now, this is where you're going to have to trust Malik Murphy a little bit more in his second start. You're going to have to trust him to find the right guys. If you're able to trust him to make the right reads of where he gets guys off, I'd run some more slants. I'd run some more short yardage runs or short yardage passes to kind of get him in a rhythm early in this game. Downfield passing with the three high three down is going to be a little bit more difficult for a first-time starter. But you know K-State is going to be trying to make this a game where they cause problems. They're going to try and make this a game where they can wreak, ha- wreak havoc in the backfield for Texas for the run game and for the pass game because they have to disrupt it or else Texas gets their rhythm going. And that will be happening throughout the game. Even if Texas gets off to a good start, they're going to be doing that. And, you know, you have to adjust. And for Sark, he talked about adjusting to a – a defense where you know you kind of go to a defense that is set up to start, go for your pass game, then a run game, and you don't necessarily know what K State is going to run out there and how they're going to play you because you don't necessarily know what they're going to focus on. They have been trying to make teams one dimensional. They've lost to uh, Missouri team 
that threw the ball on them a lot. You know, they've lost they've lost to a team that ran the ball on them a lot. They've they have shown weaknesses, but they still make teams one dimensional, and you have to beat them. Here's Sark talking to do adjusting a team that may try to stop the run or may try to stop the pass. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, in scout periods, they have to prepare for, you know, whatever our opponent, you know, tendencies are, and they have to get themselves ready for that from a defensive perspective. But we, on every Tuesday and Wednesday, we do good on good team run for this very reason, because, you know, each week you don't know who's going who's gonna to emphasize what. And so there, we always go with the period of we're not going to throw a pass, we're going to line up, and we're going to run the ball. And we have to have the ability to run the ball on offense when the defense knows we're going to run it. And we have to make sure that we have the ability to stop the run uh, and being physical at that. But we do the same thing with the pass game too. We'll have another portion of practice where we do a good-on-good seven-on-seven period. There's a speed and a tempo and a physicality of, of why that we do that. You know, the scout periods are great to get the looks, but you have to feel that competitive juice and the speed and the tenacity of the game that we, we want to make sure we keep it at the forefront of what we do on a weekly basis. And so, to your point, here comes a running football team. Hopefully, yeah, they're going to have some schemes that are different from ours, but, man, we should be, we should be pretty well dialed into the physicality that's going to be needed to play the game. And dialed into the physicality, that's that's kind of the, the point, is against OU, the game you lost, you were the, lead, the, the less physical team. You were the less tough team. You were the team that got pushed around on both lines of scrimmage. You cannot have that against a K-State. You, you, you have the better players. You have the better schemes. You need to be able to come into this game and be revved up for it. And I think they will be. I think Texas will be revved up for this game because they know this is, you know, last two weeks you've been playing, you've had double digit, three score, four score spreads. And this one is down at a four point spread. Uh, you know, you get that first college football playoff ranking. And as much as you, you can say it doesn't bother you that you're not in that top six and that there's teams ahead of you and that Oregon's ahead of you. I think you see all that. I think you want to come out there and play your hardest game. That's what you're going to have to bring because K-State is tough. Here's Sark talking about K-State's toughness. Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Kleiman, A, does a heck of a job. I mean, he's, uh, you know, throughout his career, wherever he's gone, he's had really good football teams. Um, you know, they, they, they play well in all three phases, and you can definitely see his, you know, his imprint on that team now. I mean, he's been there long enough now. That that's that's his group, and you know, I, I think this game is about toughness. I, I think that this game, you know, it's you just look back to the last two years, the way they, those games have gone. Um, you know, two years ago, we were playing with kind of a half of a quarterback and played wildcat and you know didn't throw a whole lot of passes and ran the ball and they were running the ball with Deuce and. Last year, you know, Bijan and Roshan, it was a real tough, hard-nosed physical game there as well. Um, and I, I don't see this game being a whole lot different. You know, it's two teams believe in running the ball. Two teams pride themselves on, on being physical and being tough, um, being disciplined. Um, you know, now that they've really incorporated the quarterback run stuff to what they do. And it, it's not just the young kid, but, but Howard's doing it as well. So they've got a multitude of scheme and run game 
to go along with the toughness, right? And so it's one thing just to be tough. It's another when you have the scheme with it. Uh, I think we're, we're pretty good in, in those aspects as well. We don't run the cue as much, but schematically and then the physicality of which we try to play the game I think is important. And in turn, when your offense is built like that, generally your defense is, is wired that way as well. So I think both, te- both teams are similar that way. And so um, that's why practice is so important to get yourself prepared for that, for that type of ball game. Um, and then ultimately, you know, Saturday 11 a.m. is a moment of truth. You know, how, how are you going to play? Yeah, that's oh, it's funny in that clip is he says the young guy, and he mentions him a couple times. He never mentions Avery Johnson by name, but that's the the freshman quarterback for for K State. I can I can pretty much guarantee you on the Thursday press conference, the Thursday media availability, you will hear Sark mention Avery Johnson by name several times. I can imagine that for sure. Uh, let's get to Patrick's big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today. Text line is open, 512-447-3776, So we have four games left for Texas. Thinking, I was thinking about K-State and thinking, man, there's been some good K-State games. They're one of those games that's it's tough. Do you always worry about playing it, but you like playing that game? It's always an entertaining game, uh, or at least a lot of times it's an entertaining game. And then you got TCU, which is, you know, a back and forth, and TCU's had our number for so long. And Iowa State, there was a period of time where that was a really hard one. And Texas Tech, of course, they love that rivalry, and they get up for that game. And, you know, there's been some epic Texas Tech battles as well. So the question today that I wanted to ask you guys, because we're, we're now in the final four games of the Big 12 regular season, the final season of the Big 12, which Big 12 rival are you going to miss playing the most? It, you could be none. You could say, I don't want to play any of these teams ever again. I hate everyone in the Big 12. But if you got to pick one, <laughs> and is it a Texas Tech? Is it a Baylor who they played earlier this year? I can't imagine it's West Virginia, but maybe it is. Is it? I mean, Kansas could have been the one. If Kansas was still the punching bag, if they were still the worst team, I'm sure some people would say Kansas because it's an easy win, but they're not that team anymore. Is it a K-State or a TCU? Let me know what you think is your, your team you're going to miss playing the most in the Big 12 once Texas leaves next year. What team are you going to miss playing the most in the Big 12? That's a big fat poll today. 512-447-3776. If you have any takes, anything you want to hit up uh, about K-State, about the Longhorns, if you got a Spurs take, if you've got an NFL take, if you got a Raiders take, if you got a Cowboys take, a Texans take, we're trying to get to everybody here on the text line. 512-447-3776. We get back. We'll start reading some of those texts. We'll get into some sound from Hook'em Up. They interviewed Tim Fitzgerald from uh, gopowercat.com talking K-State, giving you an insider perspective of K-State. We'll play you some of that audio. We get back here on the Horn 1019 until 60, the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Beef child, man. 
Back on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon, keeping the theme going all week long. I know Halloween's over and it's November now, but, you know, I'm not somebody who puts up the Christmas tree on November 1st. You know, like to sit in it for a minute. We'll have a little bit more fun Halloween fun, you know, Halloween songs through Thursday, and it's a 5 one Friday. So we're going to keep playing those Halloween songs for you. I, I'm not a Christmas tree. Well, I mean, I'm, I live with other dudes. I, we don't put up Christmas trees, but I, I still, I'm, I'm behind, I'm on the... Christmas tree is an after Thanksgiving activity. That's it's my world. I know not everybody agrees with that. I know I was having this. I was over at a friend's house the other day, and uh, and the they wanted to have the Christmas tree. There was a question of if the Christmas tree could go up before Halloween because a Christmas commercial ran. It's like no, no, that is un- unacceptable. Unacceptable actions right there. Uh, we are on the text line. Text lines open five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Big fat poll of the day. Which Big 12 rival will you miss playing the most since we got K-State and TCU, Texas Tech, all coming up. Iowa State as well coming up. And uh, so all Big 12 matchups that we have had many times. Uh, and K-State's one of those. They may be the most respectable matchup, uh, one of the most in recent years, and just always played tough. So uh, that's one of them up there. So we're, if you got that, send that in 512-447-3776. Any takes about K- Texas versus K-State, any Texas football takes, uh, anything else you want to get, NFL, Raiders, NBA, any of that. Send it in. Uh, we'll go to the text line right now. Uh, we did. Uh, did they? I believe you're talking about the Spurs coming back. Yes, they did. Nate says uh, Sark isn't trying to get off, uh, get guys off per se. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. Okay, Nate. Okay. Uh, we have uh, uh, our man said they don't call bleeding. Not when you don't see it. It actually doesn't get called a lot. Uh, because you don't see the bleeding till afterwards. It's a quick swiping motion. You don't normally see it happening. It's just a fingernail catches somebody, so it's not normally called uh, in the NBA. Uh, you see it afterwards, but you can't go back and change the call after it's already happened. So, yeah, they don't. They normally don't call it. Uh, a lot of coach speak. Yes, they do. And Sark reading out a book. Nope, he's not. Uh, if the tougher teams win, we lose. That's not true. Uh, I do not believe in that. I think Texas is a strong, tough team. They just did not show it against Oklahoma, but they did show it against Alabama. They have shown it against other teams this year. Uh, Texas has been a tough team, and Sark is acting like tough because we are. And I know you say none, but none. You got to send a nickname. You text in all the time. I appreciate you texting in. I appreciate you listening. But if you're going to come in, you're going to send me these. You're going to be in a little snarky. I need to get a nickname. I need to get a nickname here. I need to know who I'm talking to. So send that send that nickname in. I'll put it on your profile. And we'll have it, and we can keep talking every day. I need to who, know who we're going against. Uh, Coach Slicky says, Texas Tech going against Texas Tech. Uh, we're going to have, that is another one that you can put on there. Uh, Texas tech. I like that one. Uh, we have, I miss beating Nebraska the most. They started out so nice when they were winning after our nine, one win, the fans were just like everyone else. Yeah. Nebraska was a pretty good one, but yeah, but that's not there And Colorado would have been coming back. That would have been one we could add, uh, K state. The only big 12 team that I respect is one. We get another one from the time they joined till now. They, uh, we'll say. Actually, you know what? We'll read that one when we get back. we got to play this sound real quick, and then we'll read that one when we get back. Uh, but I appreciate it. Keep those texts coming in. 512-447-3776. Uh, which Big 12 rival will you miss playing the most after Texas leaves the SEC? Uh, also, if you have any uh, if you have any te- if you have any takes about the Longhorns, if you got takes about uh, NFL, uh, NBA, any of that. Trade deadline that you're upset about the Cowboys, you can send that in as well. Uh, the Raiders fire the Raiders firing Mike, uh, Josh McDaniels. You can put that one in. 
James Harden trade. Send all those texts in, 512-447-3776. Or if you got a World Series, you think the Rangers win the World Series tonight. That's another big storyline that we're not talking about a lot, but the, the Rangers win the World Series tonight. Uh, here's some sound, though, from Hook Em Up with Ian Robbie. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald from GoPowerCat.com, uh, one of the premier K-State teams. Uh, they are uh, K-State coverage insider was on Hook Em Up this morning, and he's playing right now on the Sports Complex. With that in mind, let's go to the, the Vaqueros hotline. And uh, whenever we talk K-State football, always great to go to uh, right to the top, talk to one of the best. He is the publisher of Go Power Cat on the 24-7 Sports Network. He is a radio host. He's a sports writer, uh, knows those K-State Wildcats. He is Tim Fitzgerald. Tim, good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? We're great, great. man. This is going to be a fun game, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, give us your thoughts on this K-State team. Won the Big 12 a year ago, bring a lot of guys back, but uh, early – no, it didn't look like the team, but as usual with the Chris, Chris, Chris Kleiman team, it's safe to say they're getting better as the weeks go by. Yeah, they, you're right. They weren't a, a very good team when they played at Missouri. They just uh, they weren't a complete product. I'd, I'd like to play them again and see what would happen because the secondary was, uh, you know, pieced back together. They lost both corners of the NFL. They lost safety to the NFL. So they had some rebuilding to do and. Luther Burden and company in Missouri took advantage of that, and that's a pretty good Missouri team. Then they go to Oklahoma State. Hey, you know, Oklahoma State stinks. They're going to blow Oklahoma State. I think K-State just heard too much of it, and I don't know what kind of voodoo Mike Gundy worked in his off week, but uh, that's a different team now than before the off week as they've been rolling ever since. And in case they just was flat as I've, I've seen a K-State team in a long time be. Uh, and you're right. They flipped the switch, particularly in the second half at – Texas Tech, they fell behind 21-17. Uh, true freshman quarterback Avery Johnson kind of got him going. Uh, now Will Howard has uh, you know, kind of asserted himself since then. But since that moment when they fell behind in Lubbock, they've outscored their opponents 103-3. to um, And it's just been a really dominant phase of football, but against teams that aren't named the Texas Longhorns. So that's the, that's the issue here. You've done – TCU and Houston, uh, dirty and you know, eighty-two to three over those two games. But uh, Texas is a whole different adventure, and that starts early Saturday morning. Hey Tim, it seems like Oklahoma. Uh, sorry, that K State obviously has the quarterback advantage in this matchup because Texas will have the backup quarterback in, and uh, K State has multiple quarterbacks available, including a veteran in Will Howard. Uh, talk about this quarterback rotation and exactly yeah. you know uh, what determines when they um, uh, work these rotations for Avery Johnson and for Will Howard, and what does uh, each quarterback bring to the table. Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Will Howard was bad at Oklahoma State. I mean, that's what kind of set this in motion. It was, you know, his worst game in a couple seasons now and threw three interceptions. Uh, it turns out they weren't all his fault. He was having issues with his receivers being on the same page and doing the right thing. So, um, but still, uh, the team was flat. He was flat, didn't perform well. They probably should have put Avery Johnson in at that point to try to get some run game going with him. Um, and they did it at Texas Tech. They threw him in the game and ran for a touchdown. Threw him in the game, and he ran for a touchdown. Uh, he ended that game his first significant playing time at K-State. He played a little bit at Missouri and a little bit in the season opener, but this was his first large amount of playing time, and he tied a school record with five rushing touchdowns held by his offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. 
Um, he was he's the fastest guy on the team. He's a brilliant runner, um, but the tech defense made it look really easy too. So uh, they came back home, played TCU, and those two literally rotated every other snap, every other possession, uh, which was awkward to see, but it was really effective. And at the end of the day, Will played better than Avery, but it wasn't that huge a gap. <clears throat> you go into last week's game, Will Howard just wouldn't let Avery on the field. Um, he had multiple touchdowns, and when they put Avery out, they had a bad exchange on a handoff, and um, luckily the K-State defense bowed up at the when Houston took over the 26, and we didn't see much of Avery. He put, came in later when it was a blowout. It looked pretty good, uh, but you know Will Howard was brilliant in this game uh, against Houston. I think he completed 15 or 17 passes. So, uh, you know, as much as we talk about the quarterback, the running backs are doing a lot of work too, and the offensive line has been really dominant. Uh, and you know that's freed up the quarterbacks to do some good work. I want to talk about those running backs because coming into the year, Treshawn Ward, the Florida State transfer, got the headlines. But DJ Giddens has been the leading rusher by a lot, and he's been the the ball the, the main ball carrier uh, for this team when it's not Avery Johnson at quarterback. But uh, Tim, uh, that offensive line, the one thing we've talked about here in Austin is the matchup between the interior of the uh, K State O line with Cooper Beebe and those guys against this Texas interior, which is as good as any in the country. They've gone toe to toe with the likes of Alabama and held their own. I mean, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. This is a heck of a matchup, mano a mano. Line versus this, this Texas D line, which is is really really good too. Yeah, I mean you're exactly right. It's it, it's going to come down to can K State build any semblance of a run game uh, because almost nobody's run with consistent success against this Texas front. Uh, and and the running backs are a nice little combo in in two different styles. Uh, DJ Giddens uh, has the reputation of being more between the tackles. Um, and he's a little bit bigger. You know, when you've had Deuce Vaughn as your running back, anyone's bigger. Uh, Treshawn Ward's bigger than Deuce Vaughn. Uh, DJ's uh, really effective in getting off that first contact. Uh, he gets a lot of yardage after contact. And, and Treshawn's a, you know, a version of Deuce. He's a little guy that kind of can get lost in traffic and make some moves. But uh, he was out for a little bit. He got injured at Missouri. And uh, DJ took over that UCF game when everyone found out that UCF can't tackle, which is an important part of football. I don't know if they know that, uh, but they, they can't tackle. Um, so, uh, yeah, he went for 200-plus against UCF and just chewed him up pretty good. But uh, they're, they're, they're a fun combination, and DJ's a really likable kid. I mean, he's K-State football. Two-star kid out of Junction City, Kansas, 20 minutes down the road has now really taken control of the running back job at, at Kansas State. Hey, Jim, let me ask you about the defense. They lost uh, some good players. You brought this up uh, earlier. Lost some good players on defense. Uh, Julius Brent's a good player. Uh, Felix Enudike Uzoma, good player for them. The defense has recovered, it seems, after that Missouri game. Got a chance to watch that Missouri game, and Missouri uh, lit them up, throwing it a ton through the air, make some big splash plays through the air. You talked about Oklahoma State already, able to run the football really effectively versus K-State. But since then, it looked like a different defense. Uh, what have they done to adjust? Well, they swapped some safeties. You've got Kobe Savage and, and uh, B.J. Payne, two really good safeties, and they were both kind of playing different positions this year, and they swapped them, uh, and it's really worked well. That's helped to solidify the back end because Kobe can kind of help get everyone lined up a little bit. Um, and that that's exactly what was going on, and just the back end of the defense was a little bit disorganized. 
early in the season. They've lost middle linebacker Daniel Green. Um, I remember two years ago being in Texas uh, after that you know, dreadful performance by K-State in which Texas beat them without a quarterback. It's kind of an important part of football, too. Um, and I asked, the, I asked uh, Daniel Green if he was going to come back the next year. We thought he was going to go to the NFL. He said, no, I'm coming back. And then we asked him after the Sugar Bowl last year, and he wasn't coming back. But he came back to get a clean season without an injury, and he got injured against Missouri, and he's gone for the year. So they've had a true freshman middle linebacker in there, which is a position to keep an eye on for K-State, who's done well, but, again, not against the Texas Longhorns. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a real challenge. K-State needs to find a way to, uh, you know, it's all about, to me, it's all about the run game in this. Who can establish the run to help their quarterback and help their offense is is really going to be at a, a big advantage, and, that would appear to be Texas as the advantage in that scenario. So we'll see. He is Tim Fitzgerald, the publisher of Go Power Cat uh, on the uh, 24-7 Sports Network, also uh, author and uh, writer and uh, radio host up there. Uh, you know, Texas has struggled in their own secondary at times against Oklahoma and against Houston, even against Alabama. Their safeties can get caught in coverage. Uh, but it doesn't look to me, just looking at the stats, that K-State is that dynamic through the air. I mean, Bro- Phillip Brooks is their leading receiver, number eight. He's at about 55 yards a game. Their, their lead, second leader receiver is a tight end, Ben Sennett, who we've seen um, over many years. D.J. Giddens, the running back, is number three. So is this a, a passing game that can threaten what has been a weakness of Texas at times is their back end? That's a great question. It's a really valid question. <laughs> K-State's receivers just aren't that dynamic. They they really aren't. They lean heavily on uh, assistance from the, the tight end spot. They, I mean, they had catches last couple weeks by three different tight ends. Uh, but Ben Sennett's the main guy. Uh, even though he's listed as a fullback, he's an H-back, a tight end. And um, uh, they throw to the running backs a lot. Uh, DJ Giddens. You know, took a screen pass to the house against uh, TCU. I credit a good play call and a dreadful performance by the TCU defense. But, uh, yeah, they kind of sprayed all over the field. This is an ongoing problem for K-State. Uh, and I mentioned that he had – Will Howard had problems with receivers running wrong routes and, and doing things inefficiently at Oklahoma State. Well, they've, they brought in a true freshman. They put him into the core, you know, rotation and – Jace Brown, and he's been helpful. Uh, he gets open, which is a you know another basic thing of football. If you're a receiver, get away from the guy trying to cover you, um, and uh, they haven't done that very well. Uh, so it's it is an issue. Philip Brooks looked great last week. I mean, he had five targets, five catches, and uh, a touchdown. And it, it, they this is an area, but without a running game, K State can't throw the ball effectively. And there you go. That's the issue. There you go. Anything else, Rod? Uh, you uh, did you bring up Jace Brown recently? I've noticed that he's getting a lot more playing time with the wide receiving yeah. core. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah, he, is yeah, he they're, considered they're, a more dynamic player? Um, by K State standards, uh, yes. Uh, in terms of receiver play, they just really uh, aren't as dynamic. You know, they brought in Keegan Johnson from Iowa, uh, and he was expected to be the guy at receiver, and he's been. Uh, in and out of the training room all season long. He didn't play last week. Um, so they they now have some other freshmen, some other young guys showing up in the depth chart. So who knows what we'll see at uh, receiver, but uh, whoever can catch and run the, with the football will be helpful to K-State. 
Catch and run. <laughs> uh, hey, Tim, that's the overview, overview we were looking for. We appreciate it. Know you're busy and uh, uh, look forward to a good game on Saturday. And hopefully we'll, we'll see you down there. Texas and K-State coming up Saturday, 11 o'clock. Tim Fitzgerald, now go Powercat. You can uh, find him, of course, uh, doing great work covering these, doing it for a long. How long have you been covering K-State, Tim? It's been uh, been a long time. It's at Life of Fitz yeah, think- on, on Twitter, which is a great, great uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, I think I'm at 29 years full time on the beat. Um, so wow. some of the beat writers were born. Um, it, yeah. it, old sneaks up on you guys. Old's like that blindside <laughs> blitz. All of a sudden, old's all over you. <laughs> Hey, trust me. I'm 50 this year, Tim. I get it. I'll, I, I'm, I'm with you. At Life of Fitz on Twitter and uh, great stuff with Tim Fitzgerald. Whenever we talk K-State, we talk to Tim. Thank you, Tim. Have a uh, great week. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, boys. Good stuff there from Hook 'em Up. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. Tim Fitzgerald from GoPowerCat.com giving you a pretty good analysis of uh, kind of an overview of what Texas is going to see when they play K-State. Some good stuff. We want to get back to your text, so 512-447-3776. What are your takeaways from that conversation? What do you got for Texas versus K-State? Any takes on that? We'll have that. Remember, tomorrow, uh, Ian Robbie will be out amongst the people at uh, Third Base Round Rock, joining the show 5-7. to We'll have them. It'll be myself here at the studio and uh, them out at Third Base Round Rock. You can go join them. Uh, but they'll be on the show tomorrow to talk some more Texas K-State. But uh, we're also asking you on the text line, which Big 12 rival will you miss playing the most is the poll of the day, 512-447-3776. Send that in, uh, and we will be back to read some of those texts when we get back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex on the Horn, playing you some more Halloween music all week long. It's going to happen all week. But, some, uh, you know, they don't, they're not, it's not the traditional Halloween songs. They're just good Halloween songs. Stuff to put on a Halloween playlist. Always good to have. Uh, getting back to your text, 512-447-3776. We're asking you which, uh, which rivalry or which Big, uh, Big 12 uh, matchup you're going to miss the most when Texas leaves. they got four games left, K-State, TCU, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. Those are four good options. It may be Baylor, it may be Kansas, but let us know which one is. I uh, like my man Lorenzo says. Uh, I'd love to stay. I'd love to say uh, I still like to play TCU just because I feel like we need to reassert our dominance with them. I told everyone I knew that loves UT as much as me that we were going to be in the big fight with them when Gary Patterson, because because Gary Patterson either got the players we couldn't get or misjudged, and that's why he dominated the WAC in the Conference USA before they joined the Big Twelve. From the time they joined till now. They hold the record, and that's going to eat at me until we even it in our favor. I like that. It's a good take, Lorenzo. I like that. It's a, it's a bitter take. I like that. I like that it's it's got a reason for it. It's not necessarily the rivalry. It's, no, we need to go prove that we're the better team. And right when we're taking the edge and they got rid of Gary Patterson and Sonny Dykes gets them all the way there, but maybe they're taking a step back. I get that. I get that. We need to get another win on our record this year. I'll tell you that much. 
Lucas says, one of my best friends went to Texas Tech, and he always likes to give me a hard time when we play. I'll miss that, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there is something to be said that, you know, in Austin, a lot of people go to Texas Tech, uh, be, you know, maybe because their grades weren't good enough. We all know that. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people uh, go to Texas Tech, so there is kind of a rivalry that a lot of people just have uh, that you know somebody went to Tech. So there's always that guy, and depending on how, how indoctrinated they are, into Lubbock, you know, once you get away from Lubbock for a little bit, you know, that rivalry maybe is not as intense and can be a little bit more fun. The people in Lubbock, they are intense about it. But that, you know, if that's your cup of tea, you want to be intense too, then that may be the team. That may be the winner of who we say, you know, people miss the most is Texas Tech. It's another Texas team too. Uh, I don't know if Baylor has that same, but maybe it's Baylor. I don't know. We'll keep going through these texts. Keep sending them in because I don't know. I don't know who it is of – that, you know, what most people would miss because it is kind of weird because it isn't, you can't say it's an Aggies and you can't say it's Oklahoma because the Aggies are already gone and Oklahoma is, you know, coming with us. So we can't say either one of those. So we say out of the rest of them, those teams, where is it? And I had someone brought up Nebraska earlier. And you know, when they go, okay, Nebraska, Arkansas was definitely one of them. If they were ever a Big 12, uh, they were never a Big 12. But if you put Arkansas in that group, you know, those that's another rival you kind of miss playing. But the Big 12. It's a, we've built up some rivalries there. So it's an interesting question. I enjoy uh, reading you guys' response. Uh, this is Doof. Thanks for listening, Doof. Uh, <laughs> we will get uh, Road Dog. Uh, he says, uh, hot take, with Oklahoma losing to Kansas and all the teams above us in the rankings playing and beating each other, Texas will run the table but still be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Not happy about it. It's a real possibility. I, I think the one thing you really need is the Pac-12 to eat itself. If the Pac-12 can eat itself, if USC can turn the corner and get back into the winning column, if you you know if Washington loses a game, I think it knocks them behind us. Uh, you need Oregon to lose another game, and I think that kind of opens the door. Florida State's probably in. Uh, judging that they put Ohio State at one, a loss to Michigan, especially with all the sign stealing stuff, may not knock them out. So if Michigan runs the table, then that becomes a question. Do Michigan and Ohio State get in? Uh, and Georgia runs the table there in as well. So I think there is a path, but you really need the Pac-12 to eat itself because I'm not sure Florida State is going to knock themselves out, even though I don't, I don't really have the same respect for the, the ACC as I have the Big 12, but I may be a homer on that thing. Uh, Chief Engineer, yes, Psycho Killer. It's so a really good uh, a Halloween song because it's just a good song. Uh, I need to get to yours. We will get to yours. Uh, I will, Chief Engineer, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to go back and read all of your Raiders texts when we get to the talking about the Raiders because I, I feel like this is a floor that you need. Uh, you're a good texter. You're texting all the time. A, a P1 listener for the sports complex. So we'll get to all your texts. Uh, but I do see if we can continue to what we've done the past few weeks. But two to two, three TDs in the first quarter, I'll feel better. Get out in front and keep that throttle down. The team has shown improvement on the second half intensity. It is. And I think that there is something to be said of K-State is not a passing team. And so if the defense can play really good run defense and playing that toughness in the run defense that they've shown the last few weeks, it may be something where Texas defense can hold enough and get to opportunities of better, shorter fields for Texas that they're going to be able to go in and be able to score some points. Nate says, Patrick, I've been going to Rangers games since my youth, been waiting for 43 years. I hope this. I hope I see this. It was magical enough to see my Mavs pull one off. This would be the icing. I right, Look, man, Nate, I get you. Uh, you know, I grew up as a Spurs fan, and up until Tim Duncan, it did not seem like it was ever going to happen. Everybody would tell you a Spurs that the, a small market team like San Antonio was not going to win one, uh, and we did. Uh, Astros fan, 
uh, with the closest. I remember getting destroyed by the White Sox and how painful that was to finally get there after never even winning a playoff series until like 2004. And Clemens and Pettit came in, and you thought that was going to be it. And then 2017, how sweet that title was. Uh, I, I'm an Oilers and a Texans fan, so I can't tell you about the NFL. But I'm with you. I'm with all my Rangers fans, uh, my Rangers friends that are fans, all of you. I'm with you tonight. I want you to get this win. Uh, I'm going to go watch it with some friends because I really want to see y'all get this because it is something really special, and I'm hoping the Rangers can pull it off tonight. We're going to get some more of your text, 512-447-3776. Which Big 12 rival are you going to miss playing the most? Uh, If you've got any takes on Texas or uh, Texas versus Kansas State, send that in as well. We're going to talk some NFL, a lot about the Raiders and uh, the firing that should have happened already. Who else may be on the hot seat? We know that. Uh, we'll maybe get some James Harden news in there as well. And, of course, more of your text, 512-447-3776. Keep sending them in. If NABA, college, NFL, any of those takes, we will get to. And there is some breaking news on the unfortunate end as well. I will get to in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll get into all that on the Sports Complex, the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.